1: Oh, how howdy hi, everybody. This is Jim Hedger from com and Dave Davies from com. You listen to Webcology on FM. It's October 30th, 2008, and we have a hell of a show for you guys today. Dave, how you doing today, bro?
0: I'm doing just great. How are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good. It's one of those weird days, you know, where you're sitting in anticipation of stuff that's, that's yet to come, but hasn't actually come yet. And, uh... Oh, it's just, it's just one of those days. I'm playing hockey tonight, so I'll get all this nervous energy out on the, uh, on the ice, and that, that, that's important. Um, next week and the next few weeks, Webmaster Radio is everywhere. I mean, that's our tagline, like, Webmaster Radio, we're everywhere. Well, this time we're, we're literally going to be everywhere. Um, check this out, Dave. We're in New York at AdTech. Then we're in Las Vegas at PubCon. Then we get a week or so off, and we've got to be in Chicago at uh ses chicago it's going to be a crazy month so i'm just sort of sitting here just like you know waiting for uh the the the, the flights and the travel and the drinks and the nargities and the you know just how like, your whole body starts getting all weirded out like every 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 fiber and every muscle starts shaking because you're traveling so much well that, that's that's what we're about to go through
0: it's, and from, from the sounds of it, I think uh, the plane trips will be good. might give you an opportunity to rest, but it uh, looks like that's about it for the next few weeks for you.
1: Well, it's just the life. Eh? We get to sleep and rest on planes, and the rest of the time we have to stay up like for 20-hour days and work hard and all that stuff. But you know what? That's the beauty of doing radio and the beauty of bringing media to the community. and. Uh, it's a great thing. I'm 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 really pleased about the the next few weeks. But again, it's going to be hard. Have you uh, Have you been checking out the station over the last few days? Listen, listening in? Uh, occasionally. I mean, obviously, there's you know work to be
0: done as well, and unfortunately, a lot of mine has to happen on the phone. Uh, yeah. it makes, uh, makes so yeah, it even well, much as I can, I sort of keep it on in the background, and uh, you know, and when I'm not on the phone, why is there is there something specific that you're? Uh
1: you're, you're well, there's a lot specific uh, I want to get at, but first off, I want to announce who we have as a guest today, because we've been promising this for a couple of weeks, and we had a hard time <laughs> tracking this interview down. Um, Schumann Gossamagender, the click quality czar at, uh, at Google, and the, 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 paid, the paid search department is, guesting on this sh- or is being interviewed on this show in about 10, 15 minutes.
0: That is exciting.
1: Well, he's he's just one of the fabulous names we've had here on Webmaster Radio in the last in the last week. Um I'm just gonna run down a list really quickly. Yesterday, Danny Sullivan was on Domain Masters. James Payne, the uh best selling author of the People Wise series, he was on Life Tips yesterday. Um Mike Moran was interviewed on SEM Synergy, Bruce the Bruce Clay Show. We had Publishers Clearinghouse on the uh on Cover Story yesterday. And uh Carolyn, uh, Carolyn Shelby interviewed was a hell of a lot of people over at Scary SEO last week in Boca Raton, Florida. This has been an amazing week on Webmaster Radio. We've had incredible guests. And last week we had Craig Newmark from Craigslist on. Um, this station is rocking and rolling. and It's just so, so, so good to see.
0: It is definitely becoming, well, it always sort of has been, but uh, but they're up in the bar just like they are at the parties, and I'm sure you'll get more of those. Um, but the place for for information, updated information from the experts in, in their industry. So uh, wonderful to see it that
1: continue. Absolutely, I'm really pleased about it. Um, another thing I'm kind of sort of pleased about, mostly for my friends, not so much for me. Uh, my team didn't win, but congratulations to everybody in and around Philadelphia for your patience and your uh, your love. The <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series last night. Lee Evans. Um, I know you're bouncing off the walls today, so this, uh, this one's for you. Congratulations, Philadelphia. Um, also, I want to just, you know, it's a couple of days late, but I want to throw it out there. Happy Diwali to uh, you Wally, know, to, to, to all of our listeners. Indeed.
0: Anyway, I, it's a, an interesting note. I know you, you wished it to me earlier on, uh, on MSN as well, and I thought, oh, okay, that's, uh, that's coming out. And, and uh, of course, I had to, had to look up. I'm familiar with it. Um but had to look it up and, and, uh, you know, I guess it's a, uh, it's an interesting, an interesting, uh, something to do. I don't understand why this is, uh, but in, in the quick glimpses that I'd, uh, I'd found, I know there is something to do with, uh, lights and, and, uh, that apparently fireworks sales <laughs> are extremely, extremely high, uh, in India right now. And I'm not sure what Well,
1: lights to and dance and food and Thanksgiving and again to to all of our Indian listeners. Happy Diwali. Again, we're we're a day late, but it's a weekly show. What can we do? I um, <laughs> wanna jump wanna jump into some of the cool stuff I've seen in the blogosphere the last couple of days. Um have you been checking out the We Build Pages blog? Yes.
0: No, not in the last probably not in a couple of days now, but it's well, yeah, definitely one of my, my regular regular visits. Um, does well, that come out in the last 24, 48 hours?
1: Well, in the last 24 hours, we have, um, Lisa Barone's most recent posting, the light behind the changes that we build pages. And actually that, that came out this morning where Lisa finally dishes on what's going on over there. At we build pages. Now enlighten. Well, as, uh, as you and as listeners know, the, uh, Jim Boykin went to San Jose with a mission in mind. His mission mm-hmm. was to pick up a number of high-quality search engine optimizers, uh, search engine marketing specialists, and uh, good writers. And he walked away with names like Pat Sexton, Rhea Drysdale, and Lisa Barone. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as Lisa said, and then one of the, one of the things I love about Lisa's posts is they're, they're, they're gut-wrenchingly honest. Like, she... Mm-hmm. This 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 woman seriously writes from her gut, and uh, she notes that We Build Pages was a notor- was notorious for link link buying and link building, um, and not necessarily the the um, what's the not necessarily the most guideline focused way. Now that's 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 the ninja days. That's, uh, that's 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 in the past. And she's being fairly straight up about it. That you know this is this is what We Build Pages has done. But now, Jim Boykin's gone and picked up uh, three n- straight-out white hats. Um, Pat Sexton has done a heck of a lot with Google uh, to, to help Google webmaster tools and uh, the, the keep up uh, high quality um, at Google. He's, he's done a lot of work with Google in the past. Rhea Drysdale um, has just been a white hat SEO, a straight-up white hat SEO for years. And Lisa Barone is the one who'll call anybody on you know, nefarious tricks. When she was working the Bruce Clay blog, she even stood up to, uh, to one of the sessions at SMX Advance that she thought went a bit too far to the dark side, starting an incredible, uh, incredible debate in the SEO community about, about you know, white hat, dark hat technique and stuff like that. Lisa took it on the chin for that.
0: And I remember that. I mean, that's always a, a difficult um uh, debate to have. And I think in a in a lot of cases you end up with a lot of people going, Okay, we've had this debate before. Um and then you end up with people going, Yeah, but it's information. It's not having to do with uh, you know, how can you block information? We're not telling people to do this. We're we're sharing it with people. Um, you know, what what is possible. Um and so I, I do understand where where the reaction was. I do understand why she had to, to stand up as, as just a an eternal sort of well, white hat um approach to things. So uh, always always a, a, an odd debate, uh, but one I think the SEO community is kind of going, oh, God, we've had this debate so many times every time it gets brought up again. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you so, something, but, but, Dave, yeah, some, a, some wonderful pickups on, on the part of Jim, for sure.
1: I'll tell you something, bro. As a writer in the space, you're terrified to open a debate like this because you know you're going to be getting it on the chin. You know you know that people are going to be coming at you and you're going to be getting like um, nasty comments in the, on your blog and hate mail and all that sort of stuff. And again, this is stuff lisa put up with but she had the guts to write it so now you got these three people these three notorious not so notorious i should say white hats who are working over at at we build pages um lisa's come straight out and saying it they're you know basically rebranding the company they want to be the leading white hat uh one of the leading white hat seo sem shops out there and uh Another thing Lisa's doing, and I, I think this is a, a, a weird thing that We uh, Build Pages is doing, because I saw this in one of Jim's posts, too, Jim Boykin's posts. They're trying to rebrand their city, Troy, New York. They're calling it historic Troy, New York. I mean, like, seriously, it, it, isn't there anything else you can say about Troy besides its cult? I,
0: I unfortunately, don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so that in and of itself may may say something about uh, about the city. Um, a, an interesting thing to to try and do. I'll I'll find it interesting to watch and see if if this this SEO firm manages to actually rebrand an entire city uh, just by sheer will to do so. <laughs> well, but
1: uh, it's but I, I don't. Troy, know New York. If anyone city. wants to lend a hand. All anchor text reads, Historic Troy, New York. (laughs) What else would I say? You know what? I want to put a shout-out to two guys who have no idea how cold it is in historic Troy, New York. Two of my soon-to-be neighbors, Daryl Long and Chris Leggett, it's their birthday today. Oh,
0: big happy birthday.
1: Yeah, happy birthday, Daryl. Happy birthday, Chris, two fine Floridians. Um, And again, these, these gentlemen have no idea how cold it is up there. (laughs) Not Have <laughs> they ever
0: been? Um, now, something I, I know we have got to get to, to an interview fairly shortly. Something I would like to direct our listeners to, and I know you won't because it, it's it's kind of a tooting your own horn. Uh, but on uh, Web Pro News today, the uh, the head article uh, in the expert articles on the you know but halfway down on the right hand side is an article that uh, you did on digital marketing and ROI. Uh, I don't yeah, know if actually you knew that
1: it was there. I was really pleased <laughs> to see that put in there. Um, it's it's the first of a three part series. This one's called The Rules Rewritten. I I really hope they publish the other two because they, it works well together. But hey, you, you notice the fun thing about, about that, that post? What, what See the letters fun thing ma- that they used post? to put it up there? I think that was a poke at me.
0: <laughs>
1: they used like 14 point font. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, poke at the old guy. <laughs> Anyway, all uh, love I, thought was, uh, I thought that was. I thought that was. It
0: was a good article. I look forward to reading uh, the next two, and hopefully they come out, you know, fairly soon. Um, oh, yes, and another it thing. Was... Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know Doug Caberley? Yeah, as a writer, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a good one guy. there too. Uh, Microsoft becoming preoccupied with cloud. And I don't know if, if anybody wants just a very humorous, read uh, accurate. Uh, very humorous read, but over a pro News just up in their, in their main articles. It's uh, probably one of, in, in the past week anyway, one of the funniest uh, reads that I've, I've had. Very informative on Microsoft and cloud computing, but um, basically uh, getting into uh, using the word, uh, anytime Microsoft uses the word cloud, uh, using that as a drinking game and how, how dangerous that is. So really good article <laughs> anyways. Uh, and and gives a clear focus on the direction of Microsoft and, and some of the things we can expect. Uh, from them over for, uh, over the Internet over the next little bit. So maybe some of the developers in the uh, in our audience should should pay attention to and, and give a read to if they don't already know.
1: You know, just about everyone f- that I know from the SEO community or the search marketing community who's gone and actually spoken at Microsoft has said exactly that to them. You've got to get your heads in the clouds. Uh, Google is about to uh, basically cut you off at the pass if you don't start thinking about... Uh, uh cloud computing or server side computing you know the, the where the software resides on a on a server on the internet and for the user they're using a web browser to interface with the software much like Gmail or Google docs um, Microsoft really has to start thinking about this because if they don't they're going to be shut out of yet another area where computing is going
0: well and you know and that is a lot of what uh, what Doug has to say is is that that's, well that uh appears to be what their new focus is, of course, then you come down to the, can they do it better than Google issue. Um, Here, I think, we're finally in an area that is uh, of increasing importance, will become quite a dominant thing, I I would imagine, um, as far as the way that we interact with our computers and the way that we share information, um, as far as documents go. Um, and, and we're finally in a space where perhaps Microsoft can look at and go, okay, we haven't really won this whole Internet thing, but now we're into, into documents, and this is our terrain, <laughs> right, where, where maybe they can finally go head-to-head with, with Google on something um, and actually come out um, as the winners, because they are this is their domain. Google's kind of trying it out, um, and, and not as well as, as Microsoft has done. Microsoft's been using software, though, so we'll see how they do uh, making
1: that a... Uh, sort of re- more remote. Uh, Here's one wow. place that we're we're pretty sure Microsoft actually stands a chance against Google. Uh, at least they can say, "Well, their stuff breaks too." Um, Webmaster yeah. Tools, dude. What what's up with Webmaster Tools? I mean, the, 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 half the stuff is broken now. I know, I know.
0: Uh, things. I don't know what's going on at Google. I don't know if you know or noticed that a few days ago, the link on their homepage to their advertising uh, programs was broken. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, I think, I don't know if it's just like the moon is in the wrong place for them right now or, or what's going on over there. Um, but something's very, very, I don't know. yeah, I, I don't know what's going on over there, but, uh, but yeah, everything, it seems like everything they're doing right now, um, as far as, uh, is just kind of jinxed nothing's going horribly wrong but everything's just kind of jinxed a little bit and you know when google has a broken link on their home page uh something's going a little awry and one of their main tools and, and ways to interact with webmasters is, is all screwed up and uh yeah <laughs> i don't know what's going on over there so uh, i'm sure microsoft's kind of going hey yeah maybe that's why they're getting into cloud computing going great we'll do this when google's kind of Things are, are are kind of
2: screwing
1: up over there. That's that's when we'll we'll really push this. <laughs> uh, um, maybe it's those folks at SEO Moz just like you know, super scraping the heck out of the heck out of the, the Google database or something. That's like you know just slowing things down. Okay, we got uh, I got a message from studio saying George wants to go to break. Before we do, George, don't get too mad at me. It's one last thing I want to get in. Um, elections coming up on Tuesday. Go vote. Do it folks, like don't sit on your asses. Go vote. This is your chance. this is, you know, your chance every every four years to, to have some uh, say in how your country's run. Exercise it. And if you're not sure where you're supposed to be voting, Google's here to help you out. Maps.google.com slash help slash maps slash elections. Check it out. And on Tuesday, exercise your franchise. Go out and vote. If you're gonna be at ad tech, Get there. I, I really hope you participated in the, the early election. And if you are going to be at ad tech, come watch election results with us at Search Bash. Details to be announced soon. Dave, we've got to go to break. We do. We're going to be coming back with Shuman Gossam Agenda. Uh, click Qualities are over there at the paid ad section at Google. It's a great interview. And uh, friends, stick around for a few minutes. You're listening to Webcology at WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Medaman.com and Dave Davis from BSOC SEO. Stay tuned. We got Shu next.
0: What's that sound coming from your computer?
1: That's the sound of me making money with ReferBack.com. They've shown me how to... ReferBack.com show me how to turn clicks on my existing site into cash. ReferBack gives you free banners, mailers, even your own personal account manager. Oh, can they help me make money off my blog, too? Absolutely. Your websites, your blogs, they can all be making you money. You can even earn 50% commission on your first month. Put some into your website. Just visit ReferBack.com. Com. from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay
0: Incorporated.
1: Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future
0: told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more? Huh? I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote
1: will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM, and they will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere.
0: So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you
1: visit AccuQuote.com.
0: For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. Market Edge with Larry Weber, Tuesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and on demand inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the
1: hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave D. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Edger from MetaMan.com and Dave Davies from BeanstalkSEO.com. And as promised, we're joined by Schumann uh Business Product Manager for Trust and Safety at Google Incorporated. Schumann, welcome to Webcology.
2: Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Well,
1: to, to, to dive right on in, your your official title at Google, Business Product Manager for Trust and Safety, that's a, that's a fairly detailed title. What does it mean?
2: Well, I work on product initiatives to help protect our advertisers, partners, and users. So two of the areas that I spend a lot of my time on are click fraud protection and user privacy.
1: Okay. Uh, to webmasters, um, how, how, how does that affect a webmaster in his or her daily business?
2: Well happy advertisers and users are necessary to grow the internet ecosystem of course so encouraging more users to use the web and enabling advertisers to spend more of their ad budgets online all of those things help webmasters and uh, of course uh, you know just being able to uh, improve uh, trust between uh, how websites are ranked and all of the different things that uh, are involved in uh, creating a trustworthy ecosystem that's those are things that are important to Google overall
1: In that range of subjects, what would you describe your primary goal or the primary goal of the teams that you oversee?
2: So the team that I probably speak the most about is the ad traffic quality team. And the primary goal of that team is to protect advertisers against malicious or unwanted activity and to keep that activity from affecting their AdWords campaigns. So that's uh, what's commonly uh, referred to as click fraud detection.
1: What kind of challenges would that pose?
2: Well, detecting invalid clicks involves various challenges. So unlike, for example, traditional forms of fraud detection, like credit card fraud detection, you can't do what's called supervised analysis. And what that means is in credit card fraud detection, you can look at chargebacks from consumers and fine-tune your fraud detection engines. But in click fraud detection, you can't really get confirmation of what a person's intent was when they initiated a click. Of course, there are various signals and techniques you can utilize, and we've developed an extremely sophisticated system and set of processes to detect invalid clicks um, before they impact advertisers' budgets. But, you know, you don't have that sense of what was going on in a person's mind at the moment that they initiated a click. Instead, you have to rely on statistical techniques as well as other forms of rules that you can implement.
1: What constitutes
2: intent in your eyes? Well... Intent is, I think, exactly what it sounds like. It's what uh, someone was uh, wanting to do when they initiated a click. And the problem there is that you can't know that with absolute certainty unless you could actually read somebody's mind. So instead what you do is you utilize various statistical techniques like anomaly detection in order to look at different patterns as well as deviations from expected patterns. And then you look at that and you say, you know what, it looks like the intent here was probably not legitimate. And as uh, as a result of that, you choose to filter out certain clicks and mark them as invalid so that the advertisers don't pay.
1: Now, we used to talk about click fraud all the time. Uh, 2005, 2006, click fraud was the phrase, one of the most repeated phrases in the industry. And I don't hear that phrase being repeated as often. We're moving towards the language of invalid clicks. Over right. in the last few years, you guys, you guys have just cut down on click fraud dramatically. Um, How has the type of invalid activity you're seeing changed over that time?
2: Well, there are a few different ideas in there, so let me uh, address them one by one. Uh, We've definitely seen a reduction in the level of external interest in click fraud, particularly from the media in the last few years. I think that one of the reasons for that has been that uh, we have really ramped up our efforts to try and educate the public on how we do click fraud detection, as well as what to really focus on in terms of optimizing your AdWords campaigns. I think that the types of activity that we've seen have not really changed all that much. There's certainly uh, an increase in sophistication that you see over time on the part of fraudsters because it's an arms race. They're constantly trying to come up with techniques that are going to get around the defenses that we've created. but. What we've seen is that, all throughout, we've done uh, a very consistently good job of being able to protect advertisers against click fraud, so I wouldn't say that we've ramped up our click fraud uh, efforts overall, um, we've certainly grown them uh, you know, the same way that you would expect all aspects of our business to grow, but uh, in terms of actually doing a good job of detecting click fraud, that's something that has been a priority for us since we launched in the pay-per-click model, which was in uh, 2002. Given
1: that, do you consider um, the search marketing community or the media that serves the search marketing community as sort of a third-party help desk for advertisers or for webmasters?
2: Well, I wouldn't call it exactly help desk, but the support the search marketing community provides is definitely invaluable. I think that... There uh, is an increasing amount of sophistication which is required to be able to get the most out of your online advertising campaigns. And you can either maintain that expertise in-house, which requires you to have some very knowledgeable folks uh, who work for you, or you can rely on the community as well as... Uh, you know external firms to be able to help you with those kinds of tasks and i think that the fact that uh, a very rich ecosystem has been created there is one of the reasons that it's been so successful because that ecosystem feeds off of itself in order to be able to uh, you know grow much faster than if google had to uh, provide all of the knowledge in a unidirectional kind of manner
1: well yes in that sense uh, the search market community makes your job easier
2: but on the whole on the whole it
1: um then this is the given the the wide range of uh, people and practices who make up the industry would you say we make your job easier or more difficult
2: I think definitely easier I think that uh, the vast majority of folks that are in the search marketing community are uh, you know contributing a tremendous amount in terms of the uh, the level of understanding and knowledge which is out there, you know, in all of the various forms that uh, knowledge gets contributed, so not just, uh, you know, folks that are doing research and producing white papers and, you know, actually trying to be thought leaders, but even just folks that are contributing on forums who are creating, uh, you know, vibrant communities where people answer each other's questions. I think, uh, you know, there are certainly uh, instances of folks spreading misinformation, but at the same time, um, you know, the uh, uh, correct information uh, also comes out through the same community where you have more informed folks jumping in and saying, well, actually, I've heard this or, you know, we found the following to work. Okay. Well, well, speaking of that community, what's the... Uh What's
1: the biggest or most often mistake that, that you see coming across, either you, you, your desk or you, people speaking about over lunch, what's the biggest mistake new advertisers or, or search
2: marketers make? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that the biggest and most common mistake that new advertisers make is focusing on two general segments and two general keywords rather than thinking about what's really going to work well for their business. Okay.
1: Um, why do they do that so frequently? Why do they make that mistake so often?
2: Well, I think that uh, you know, even when you do this, uh, because you're only paying when users click, you can get very good results. But the dynamics of pay-per-click advertising aren't always intuitive. So... People are used to classifying and describing their businesses and products in very general terms. And, you know, people in general are used to thinking in a very hierarchical, top-down fashion. And it takes a lot more thought, research, and experimentation to come up with the best set of keywords for your business. So when I frequently ask uh, lay audiences... Uh, you know, who are learning about pay-per-click advertising for the first time uh, what they think the most expensive keywords are. They'll often, you know, name out uh, uh, things that uh, are associated with expensive products. So, for example, they'll say automobiles or houses or things like that. And it's not until we discuss things at a more granular level that they realize that utilizing very general keywords isn't necessarily going to result in the best match between users and advertisers. And instead, you have to get to much more specific keywords in order to be able to get not only to something which is going to convert well, but also to something which is probably going to end up being more expensive because of the fact that it does convert well.
1: Okay. So, so number one on our, our, our list, our hierarchy of needs, is keyword research. Get the keyword research down. Would that be correct?
2: I think that that's very important. I think that there are a lot of uh, aspects to online advertising that you have to try and uh, understand uh, as well as possible in order to really be able to optimize your campaign. So, you know, to begin with, you need to have a website which is going to uh, be capable of serving your needs. So if you're selling products online, then you want to make it as easy as possible for users once they visit your website to be able to not only convert, but also to be able to uh, actually fulfill uh, that purchase and you know so that uh, you're just doing all of the basic things that you would want in terms of running your business well and you know a lot of folks uh, don't concentrate enough on that so even if you have a great set of keywords. If you're leading users to a website that's difficult to navigate, or has uh, latency problems, or uh, you know you have a payment mechanism which is very difficult for users to be able to fulfill through, then your overall campaign is not going to be successful for you. So I think that you know you can't uh, say that one individual aspect of that pipeline is much more important than another. But in terms of being able to create an effective campaign, assuming that you do have a website which is working well for you already, I think the keywords are very important. I think that another thing which is very important is looking at segments. So looking at keywords alone is one way of looking at segments because users who are looking at a certain set of keywords may represent a different segment than users who are looking at a different set. Another way of looking at segments is through geographies. So you may find that users who are coming from one part of the world uh, have not only a greater interest in your product than users from another, but also have a greater propensity to actually convert. Similarly, uh, you can look at uh, other segments in terms of uh, traffic sources. So, different parts of the content network, different uh, uh, channels in terms of uh, search advertising, and so forth.
1: Well, thinking about the uh, thinking about the ad as it appears on a page, as it appears either beside the search results or on a uh, third party page through through the AdSense program, um, what's more important? In the ad itself, the the headline or the content?
2: Well, since you have a very limited uh, amount of space to make your pitch, both are definitely important. I think that which one is more important probably depends on the context. So you can imagine a scenario where... uh, You've got uh, a whole bunch of ads which are coming up for a given keyword search, which all have very similar headlines. And maybe for one reason or another, they have to have similar headlines in order to flag relevancy in the user's eyes. So in those cases, maybe it's the actual uh, text, which is going to be more important. But in other cases, you might find that... uh, The text is not actually going to be read as often as the headline is just because users are scanning the results. So in those cases, you might want to put more emphasis on the headline. The key thing is that you really need to play around with it and experiment in order to find what's going to work for you because that area is all you've got to be able to make your pitch to users to actually click on the ad in order to be able to come to your web page.
1: Okay, and on that, we're going to have to take a quick break here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Metamend.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm, a division of New Gen Broadcasting. Stay tuned. We have more Schumann coming up after these messages.
0: Webcology will be back after this short break.
2: We got it. Put it up there, elves.
0: Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters Take maximizing details now at friendfinder.com.
1: Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Hey Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest
0: online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve,
1: you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using banners.rus.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific.
2: Visit
0: ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. ValueClick Media. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmaster radio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey friends, this is Jim Hedger from metamen.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're continuing with her interview, It's a taped interview with uh, Schumann Ghost of gender the quick quality czar over at Google's pay-per-click uh, AdWords system. So let's just jump right back into the tape.
0: Now, Google's in a, <clears throat> a rather unique spot where you're actually being judged on not just your site and, and, and a visitor's experience with your site, but also with the visitor's experience or the searcher's experience once they land somewhere else. Um, what type of user experience would you be putting the majority of your emphasis on? Is that before or after the the click on the Google ad? And and, and how do you how do you sort of weigh the two off against each other?
2: Well, certainly. Uh we we don't have a lot of direct control over uh, what happens after the user leaves our sites so uh you know we have different mechanisms where uh you know we're not going to let somebody uh display adsense ads or we're not going to uh allow them into adwords if they have certain forms of prohibited content or have broken other rules on their landing pages but you know the vast majority of landing pages that do apply for online advertising uh, uh you know through adwords uh are playing by those strict rules. So, in terms of being able to optimize the user experience, the basic things that we're looking for are there are three main things. The first is relevant and original content so that users can find what the ad promises and that the content is as original and unique as possible so that it can't be found on another site. The second is navigability so that users have a short and easy path to receive the product or service which is offered and that the page loads quickly and that the website just overall works well. And the third thing is transparency. So focusing on the user and user trust so that the user understands the nature of the business, how the site interacts with their computer and how their personal information is being used. Those are the basic things that we're looking for.
1: How do you verify those things? I mean, the, 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 the scale of AdWords is f- phenomenal. They're, I can't imagine how many advertisers are working through that system. So how, how do you verify the, the transparency of a company?
2: Well, it's not so much a question of verifying it as these being the guidelines that uh, you know we've put out there, and uh, we encourage all of our advertisers as well as you know webmasters in general to try and follow. I think that uh, you know there are sites out there that uh, could certainly improve in terms of the level of transparency or the level of navigability, but they're still allowed in the ecosystem because of the fact that they're not actually violating any rules.
1: Okay. Um- as I said a moment ago, Google, the, the scope of AdWords and of, uh, of PPC advertising through Google is so enormous that it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. It's, it's like trying to imagine infinity. At this point, do you perceive any competition in the online advertising market space?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that... Uh you know, we're in a fundamentally ROI-driven industry, and even though Google has done well, I think that any new channel which provides a greater potential ROI is going to be attractive to the same customers. So ROI is what we compete on. And, you know, you'll often f- hear from sophisticated marketers that they have a portfolio of different uh, uh, search engines as well as uh, you know, content uh, uh, networks that they work with in order to be able to fulfill uh, their online advertising campaigns. It's because of the fact that for any given uh, campaign, you may find that it's a different mix of uh, channels that's going to deliver the best results for you. Now, obviously, what we're trying to do is make sure that all of our channels work as best as they possibly can for as many advertisers as they possibly can.
1: Okay, well... I've got a number in mind. It's just screaming, screaming in the back of my brain. That number is five point five four billion. Yeah, now that, that's the uh, revenues that Google reported at the end of the third quarter, two thousand and eight. Do you yeah. or your team ever think about just the enormity, the absurdity of that number?
2: Sure, I think we do. Um, I, I think that uh, you know we've also grown a lot in the five years that I've been here. Uh, and I don't think that the way that we fundamentally approach our business is any different.
1: Well, uh, again, there must be incredible pressure that comes when you're when you're playing in a, for want of a better word, a sandbox so large. Um, is it, uh, is that the scale constantly hovering around, or has that just become part of the background noise,
2: the, the ambience that you work in? Well, I, I personally come from a small business background. And I think that 100 million dollars per quarter is an enormous number. So, uh when you get into uh, the scale that we're at right now, it's just uh, you know, uh, even larger than that. I think that uh you know, we focus on the things that you would expect in terms of uh, automation, in terms of making sure that uh, the system is constantly working the way that it's supposed to. Now, one of the things, uh, one of the consequences of working at such a scale, of course, is that uh, if something does go wrong, you know, even for a few minutes, that can have an extremely large impact not only on um you know, the absolute numbers associated with our business, if not necessarily a percentage, um, but uh, certainly on uh, a very large number of advertisers or publishers or users. So I think that, you know, that's where the main impetus to make sure that we're always doing a good job comes from because, uh, you know, there's this ripple effect if uh, anything goes wrong.
1: There's been a a debate in the search marketing community for years and I'm I'm not sure if you can touch this or not. Um, I'm not sure we'll all understand if you can't, but um, when Google makes changes, those changes have to happen live time on the web. It's because of the scale of the index and the, the scale of the, uh, of, the um, uh, of Google itself. Is, is that true, or are you able to experiment in the background before implementing uh, large-scale changes?
2: So uh, by uh, experimenting in the background, do you mean uh, experimenting offline?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Um, working with uh, sub-database, before introducing it um, to, the, to the live ecosystem?
2: Sure. I, th- I think there are um, numerous examples of that. I think that uh, that's part of our uh, experimental framework. So um, we're always uh, conducting uh, tests and building new products and features, and uh, you don't want to take something which is potentially half-baked and uh, put it out uh, into the Internet ecosystem at the same time there are experiments that we do uh, live as well and I think that you have to do both offline as well as online experiments in order to be able to end up rolling out uh, the best possible feature set uh, we often run tests with uh, small groups as well okay um,
1: did you uh, did has your office develop its own internal language uh, sort of like a google speak shorthand <laughs>
2: um, well I'm at headquarters so uh whatever specific dialect of Google speak uh we might use here is probably difficult for me to detect but I've been to many of our distributed offices around the world uh including numerous uh, uh offices in Europe and Asia and uh, I found that the Google culture is pretty consistent uh, around the world I think that uh you know there's uh, a uh, uh uh, an individual uh, uh, flavor that uh, each office tries to uh, to bring to the culture. So, uh, in terms of how the office is decorated, in terms of the different um, you know customs and activities that they have, but overall, I would say that it's a more uh, Google uh, type of culture.
1: Um, does the sun ever set on that Google culture? I mean, Google Google is international now. You, you you've you've got offices in. Um on, on just about every continent except Antarctica, and you guys may have one on Antarctica we don't even know about. Looking back at the past five to seven years, um, is there anything that you wish that Google or, or, or you had done differently?
2: Well, I think that, you know, we could have started... Uh doing a few things on the communications perspective a bit earlier I think that for example we could have started blogging earlier and uh, maybe invested more in advertiser education um, and all of those things would have helped but uh, you know those obviously should not and could not have been done at the expense of the product development that we did so if the choice was between efforts like those and building a great product I think that uh, you know everyone is best served by us choosing to build a great product but I think that we are now getting a lot of um, benefit from uh, those communications activities as well, and you know certainly the feedback that we get from blogging as well as speaking at conferences and speaking in the media. I think that all of that is really helpful.
1: What's your favorite way of communicating with uh, with the greater community, or what's the most what's your most effective way?
2: Well, I think it really uh, depends on uh, the specific thing that you're talking about. So, for example, uh, when I'm discussing. Uh, uh, how we detect click fraud uh, I'm able to talk about more technical aspects when I have a longer sort of session and you know sometimes some cases a more uh, intimate kind of environment maybe with uh uh, a, a much smaller conference or in academic circumstances uh, and we can really delve into those technical issues But if I want to be able to talk about uh, the state of the industry and you know overall the state of click fraud detection at Google then the way to be able to communicate that most effectively is through a more mass audience kind of method So speaking at uh, larger conferences as well as through the general media uh, as well as through blogs, uh, blogs are a great way to be able to provide a constant stream of detailed and precise information. So, you know, uh, th- there's really also the opportunity for you to be able to get uh, direct feedback and create an environment where, uh, you know, folks can uh, establish a dialogue through a blog that I don't think that you can do through quite uh, any other channel.
1: Scrapers, content thieves, made for ad sites. As a content creator and a writer, I'm furious when I see a blog scrape the content that I wrote, either for myself or for, for you know somebody who employs me to do it, and then, and then they post it without any attribution or contextualization simply to draw clicks to AdSense ads. Now, what in the world can, can I or other content creators do about this, given the size of the problem?
2: Yeah, that's a very tough challenge. So, we're always focused on how it can make the user experience as positive as possible. And, uh, you know, that's obviously not a positive user experience when uh, users are frustrated by seeing duplicate or incomplete content which has been scraped from uh, various sites in order to be able to just draw their AdSense clicks. Uh, one of the things that we do uh, as part of this effort is... Uh, we continually conduct automated as well as manual reviews of publishers and sites that violate our policies, and uh, in some cases, violation of those policies will result in termination from AdSense. But overall, it's a big challenge, and I think that uh, you know it's uh, r- related to the greater societal challenge of uh, copyright protection. So uh, I think that uh, technology does offer some... Um, uh, help in this area so we can utilize different technological mechanisms to uh detect uh, you know I, and now i'm speaking not as uh, from google's perspective but as a publisher so i run my own blog and i see the same thing that you're talking about where um, my blog content can be scraped and then put onto another website and there are programs out there that allow you to actually track when that sort of thing is going on and legally what you uh have the uh, the opportunity or uh, the uh, uh uh the ability to do is go after them for copyright violation now the level of success that you're going to have with that is probably not going to be that great particularly in the cases of sites that uh are not necessarily hosted um in uh, the same country that you have uh you know your uh, legal options in but i think that um you know over time um This is something that uh, is going to uh, indicate that a site is going to be relatively low quality. So they're not going to get uh, very many people linking to them, for example, and they're not going to get uh, as high in the organic search results as uh, you would uh, uh, want to if you were a fraudster like that. So I think that... um, You know, that's part of the same arms race where uh, those made for AdSense sites are trying to get traffic through Google as well as through other search engines. And uh, they're just part of what contributes to the overall web spam problem, which, you know, we have, uh, uh, you know, very um, uh, sophisticated efforts on and uh, have done a good job uh, of being able to uh, fight back over the years.
1: Well, um, you guys just—you guys just purchased a fighter jet. Um, do, you, do you mind if I borrow it for an afternoon? I can
2: track some of these guys down and it'll take care of, any of my problem pretty quickly. I, I've heard something about that. It's not my fighter jet. Oh, see, so yeah, I suppose you don't—you don't know who gets to use it. Eh? <laughs> I, I know about as much—I as, uh, know about as much about it as you do. I think.
1: Google is now seeing higher revenues from clicks that are reported outside the United States and clicks from inside. Um, According to the Q3 report, 51% of all clicks that went went through Google Ads came from outside the States. Does that change the approach to the services you provide?
2: I don't think it does. I think that uh, we've always been focused on improving the user experience locally, and it's never been a one-size-fits-all approach, so you look at uh, the different Google properties around the world, and you'll actually see slightly different user interfaces on each of them. And I think that, uh, you know, that statistic is just great. I think that it shows that uh, obviously the world is a big place and that we're seeing uh, greater adoption of the Internet uh, in many countries that didn't necessarily have as many Internet users before. So I think that, you know, that's probably something that we're going to continue to see over time, and uh, that's uh, a really good thing for, uh, you know, the overall Internet. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. This one is actually a little bit off the
1: PPC track, but you do work on campus, and I'm pretty sure you can confirm or deny this. Google does, in fact, have more than 70 points in the the organic algorithm, right?
2: (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) yeah. You know, I'm not the right person uh, to uh, answer this, but I, I can confirm that we do use more than 200 signals to determine the rank of a website. Uh, now, the, the algorithms that uh, are used uh, have certainly increased in complexity over time, as you would expect, and we devote significant resources to improving all aspects of Google search. And, you know, it's because of the fact that we recognize that it's the high-quality search results uh, which drive the success of the rest of our business. So if we didn't deliver the most relevant search results, then our users would leave.
1: Well, Schumann, you're
2: a you're a frequent speaker at IT
1: events and IT conferences. Um, if people wanted to ask you a question in person or,
2: or hear you speak, where are you appearing next? I'm actually going to be at PubCon in uh, Las Vegas in two weeks.
1: Well, excellent. Gonna we're going to be, be there, now. too. Um, and actually, no, I hope you can join us for the, the party we're throwing at rain in the desert. But until then, Schumann, Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Um, and thanks for being on on Webcology.
2: My pleasure. Thanks very much. Well, that
1: was way too much fun, eh, Dave? That was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, was really well done. And Schumann, we can't can't thank you personally. That was a taped interview that we did on Monday afternoon, but um, anyone over there at Google who's listening... um, Sarah from Public Relations or Schumann, if, if you're listening. Again, thank you so much for spending time with us on Webcology. And, uh, Dave, you know, I, re- I, I recommend people stick around the radio station for, for a few more hours. We've got some amazing stuff coming up. You want to hear about it? I would love to. Well, you know, at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific or 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, Darren Babin, as a guru, and uh, Brandy Shapiro Babin are interviewing Brian Eisenberg. From Future Now, he's uh, the author of the new book, Always Be Testing. And this is actually the, the conclusion of a much longer interview that aired in August. And Darren's going to be sticking around. He's going to sit in the, uh, in the studio chair for a couple of hours because he's co-hosting SearchCast Search with uh, Danny Sullivan tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Pacific. That
0: is just an excellent lineup coming up. And I am always interested to hear what, uh, what Brian has to say, so
1: I'll definitely be listening in. Yeah, absolutely. Brian's a Brian's a, a smart guy, a really nice guy, great speaker, a great author, and um, I've heard the first part of the interview, the story of Future Now. This is the second part of the interview. Always be testing, and it, it, yeah, it promises to be a, a good one. Friends, stick around. Um, the affiliate show with uh, Linda Woods is coming up directly after us. Then we're going to be rolling in some incredible content here on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from MetaMen.com. You've been listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm, which is a division of New Gen Broadcasting. Check out next week. Uh, we'll be coming to you with a post-ad tech roundup.